Welcome to the podcast. We have a great show for you today. This is our holiday-ish episode because we're going to talk a lot of holiday stuff, uh, including office parties, ornament exchanges, ugly sweaters, you name it. But we also have a lot of news to cover. We're going to talk about some COVID news. Also, that CEO who let 900 people go over Zoom, just awful. And some Apple news. Apple has a new Android app to help detect air tags to prevent stalking. And some rumors that iMessages will get an update that will allow some picture filtering. All this and more is coming up on the Sunday brunch. Enjoy. Welcome to the Sunday Brunch, a weekly news show where we ask the big questions on the week's tech, science, and medicine. I am one of your hosts, Matt, and I'm joined by my good friend, Dr. Marty. And Dr. Marty, this is our very first holiday show because this Mm -hmm. is the show that airs before the holidays. Um, How has your week been? Because, you know, before we get into all of our holiday details, you know, are are, are you ready to go for this holiday season? I am going to enjoy my holiday season for sure i'm in the <laughs> holiday spirit that is exactly where i am you know it, it's interesting I was, I was reflecting as you were asking the question on last year at this time and last year at this time i was ill with the rona um and it was in an era of uh, wait wait too much more... corona or or coronavirus I, I need you to clarify that for our audience i had please. no i had coronavirus at this time last year <laughs> so um it was a time of extreme isolation and I saw nobody and there was zero holiday cheer. There was none. It was it was negatory. So now I'm grateful and thankful to be able to see people that I love um, and be much, much happier about it. I get to be in a holiday concert, which I'm looking oh, forward to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And are you traveling for the holidays? I'm going to be traveling for the holidays. I will oh, visit my parental units. That's the worst. How do you feel about holiday travel? Oh, it's awful. Um, yeah. But at this point, I'm, I mean, yes. Okay. Right. Everybody's afraid of traveling right now because there's another outbreak going on. It's another variant. We're all very aware of the Omicron. Uh, but, you know, I got my booster. I have all kinds of hybrid immunity as it is. I'm gonna bring my n95 on the plane with me and and make it work yeah yeah well yeah when you described your holidays last year that's terrible uh but even even like uh covid aside i hate traveling during the holidays and one of my friends put it i couldn't quite figure out exact i couldn't put my finger on why because the lines i'm used to lines i'm used to traveling general but the way she 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 mentioned she goes a lot of people who don't typically travel travel during the holidays and I have noticed that when I do travel, it seems like everything takes longer than it should because usually a lot of my travel, I'm with other commuters and those type of things. So it's still lines. There's still a lot of people. They're still secure and those type of things. But yeah, during the holidays, it's more people that aren't used to it. So it seems like boarding takes longer, getting off takes longer, restaurant, you know, the whole yeah. thing is, is one thing I've noticed during I, holiday I travel. Will have, I will have an eyebrow raised for behavior at the, at the holiday time. Usually that's the time when, you know, we talk about the spirit of giving, which isn't really how people are during travel and holiday season. So yeah. we've had a big uptick of behavioral issues on flights. I mean, it's in the news every day of somebody who's attacked a flight attendant or somebody who had to be arrested when they were when the plane landed or it was very shameful behaviors that that are taking place on on air travel uh so i'm gonna have an extra an extra antenna up about that kind of stuff as as the travel is going on but i don't usually mind traveling during the holidays not usually and i'm a i'm a big fan of the lounges so usually during the holidays i buy the lounge pass uh it's not a bad idea 
That isn't a bad idea. I'm not going to do that, but it's not a bad idea. I was flying back from China and I was in O'Hare and we had a six hour layover and I bought that $50 pass to the, to the lounge and that was money well spent. All you can drink, all you can eat. They have nice bathrooms. And after coming off a flight from China, I'm like, that was perfect. So for six hours, I was able to eat and chill it. And the people at O'Hare were fat, were absolutely fantastic. And I was like, you know, for what I could pay for a restaurant and everything, I'm like, I'll just I'll just buy the lounge pass. And it was really, really nice for six-hour yeah. labor to be very comfortable. I, I got to do that also um, in, in route using Turkish Airlines' uh, lounge in Istanbul Airport. And that was fabulous. Some of them have showers now. Uh, yeah, I think it did. And yeah. actually, LAX's uh, lounge, their Star Alliance lounge, was really nice. Really? Yeah. No, I'm really a big nice. fan of it. So, what, so you're, you're going to go visit the parental units. Yep. And you're in a holiday. You're going to do a holiday performance. What kind of performance are you going to do? A Christmas concert. Like Band. Is it like people going to sing or just instrumental no, or what, what's the situation? Okay. We're, we're, we played for the community. It's going to be outside because in California you can do such things. It'll be uh, middle of the afternoon and it, it's very community oriented. It's in a giant park. It's a concert shell. Um, everyone's, I mean, it's, it's going to be in terms of safety, as safe as you can be in an outdoor kind of venue. Uh, but it'll be really cool. And so, are, is there going to be some Jingle Bell Rock? Like, what, what, what what's in the uh, lineup? There are a lot of medleys. There are a lot of medleys. Carol of the Bells is one of my favorites. You know what? We're not playing that this year. We did it back what? in 2019. We didn't do that this year. you got to play it every year. It's tradition. No, that and Sleigh Ride are the other ones that you play every year. Yeah, Sleigh Ride I can take or give. Yeah. Everybody loves playing that in a band. Yeah. And you okay. know, you've got the, the person who makes the horse sound in the back is the trumpet player. Yeah. He goes like that, <laughs> and then someone, yeah, you got it. Yeah, is, is there a cowbell? Is there going to be a cowbell in the performance? You don't do cowbell in there. You you do the sleigh bells is <laughs> is part of it. You do the bells. Um, you always need more cowbell. You don't need more cowbell. You're not you're you're not playing Christopher Walken songs. <laughs> so do you, do you have any you know family traditions during the holidays? Is there anything that you guys you know you know typically do? Like what's th- th- this is the holiday show? I have to ask. Okay, okay. Um, so uh, I am Jewish, and typically during Christmas, that would involve, um, you, you'd go to the local, when I grew up, the local Chinese restaurant, and then go to the movie theater. Okay. Uh, and it really was that tradition, and it was a fun tradition. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not, I, I grew up in kind of a conservative Christian background. So we had, and I am not religious anymore. Uh, we were kind of talking about this before the show. Like there was a sequence of events that we had to do. And the way our, our house was decorated, the, the morning uh, after Thanksgiving, it would be an all day event. So, mm-hmm. and I want to say 11 hours to decorate our house. So oh, we had, no. uh, we had f- four Christmas trees. And one of them was one of those aluminum trees. We have a 12 foot family tree. We did the stockings, the Santa Clauses. And you know, if you're, if you're a good conservative, you have two nativity scenes, a Christmas village, like we did it all. And you started with that. And then we had, you know, like holiday performances. Cause you know, you, you did that typically. And then there was a Christmas Eve service. And then there was a, another service that Sunday before or the Sunday, you know, so we always had like lots of these things. And then, 
we would see specific lights in the city. We would do these type of things. So there was always all these things. And, and like, I, I'm no longer that way. We have it, we have it pretty much uh, uh, trimmed down. So we have three holiday trees and we still do stockings and all that kind of stuff. But I, my mom would pull out the Mariah Carey Christmas album a couple oh, days before. That's so classic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. She, she would pull them out. And, and, and for those youngins out there, uh, we had these things called CDs and my mom bought three <laughs> copies of the Mariah Carey Christmas album. So there was one in the car. There was one in the little spinning five CD thing in the house. Yeah. And then we had a backup copy in case something happened to copy A or copy B. And that thing would play before Thanksgiving and wouldn't go away until like, you know, 26th of December or something like that. So we, yeah, yeah. we played a lot of those. So, and watched a lot of holiday movies. I don't know if you watched holiday movies uh, as a kid. There were some favorites. There, I, I always loved A Christmas Story. Yeah. That, that one was like one of my favorite. I liked How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That was another good one. And um, honestly, when I was really young, I liked Ernest Saved Christmas. You remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked a lot of the Ernest stuff as a kid. Yeah. Do you remember when the reindeer suddenly stopped before crashing into something and he goes, air breaks? Yeah. <laughs> I remember <laughs> random stupid movie. Yeah. Um, Ernest Saves Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. No, my, my my mom liked White Christmas that usually was out there. And then National Lampoons. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. National yeah, Lampoons. When they dried out the turkey and yeah. they had to dip it in the water while they were eating. Yeah. 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 And the uh, the other thing, so Christmas Story we watched because TBS would do round the clock Christmas Story, so that was yeah. always playing. Yeah. So we we always caught that one, and there was always a couple. I in in back in the day of like the prime time on television, like ABC or the TGIF lineup, always did Christmas episodes oh, yeah. of all of the shows. So there was always you know Christmas episode of Designing Women, or there was a Christmas episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. There was always something on. So we always had like the holiday lineup. But but yeah, I we, we've really calmed down. Except I do have three trees. My husband gives me a hard time that we have three three holiday trees now. But it's I I like tradition. them. It's, it's a pretty. very fun tradition. Yeah, more yeah. power to you. Yeah. Uh, so you had a good week too. Yeah, I had a good week. Uh, you know, we're we're so work wise, it's sort of winding down a little bit. Um, as people are starting to get ready to go and travel and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, there was still, I don't know if you have to do a lot of holiday shopping. I, I had to do a little bit of it, but I just, I lack energy. So mm-hmm. like the holiday shopping, I even did the whole like cop out, like have Amazon wrap it for you kind of thing. And they send it in like a bag with tissue paper. I'm like, I don't even want to buy wrapping paper, man. Like I am just not into it this year as far as wrapping i don't mind i love giving gifts and all that kind of stuff but i do you have to do any holiday shopping uh-huh yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm a procrastinator with holiday shopping I'll yeah find something i i primed it and uh, also bought some gift cards and some things like that but i it's not a big deal but it was one of those it's just like it's just been a long year so it's like some of these little details i'm still trying to sort i'm out, so. i'm waiting to resume my norm my normal life i'm still waiting and uh, we we've been having discussions at work about the similarly like I thought it was going to be easier, and it's not. Because it's still hard. Yeah. So, you know, like, you're not in higher ed, but, um, you know, we had an outbreak on Ooh. the campus as of late. Not our institution, but... Um, Is the office holiday party canceled now? Uh, I All social events have been canceled. Okay. So, so you got um, out of it then? <laughs> I don't mind those kinds of things. 
Um, but ours, ours actually happened before the outbreak. It may have contributed to it. No, it's a student outbreak. It's not a, it's not a faculty staff outbreak. Did, did you take home a white elephant gift though? No. Okay. I, I, yeah, I, I am not a big fan of the holiday party to be honest with you because I'm not either because of the raffle. That's the thing that I hate. Yeah. So I was on a call over the, over the week and uh, it was whether or not we were going to get together. And I'm like, all, all the introverts on the call are like, please, dear God, do not schedule a, <laughs> a, a in-person holiday party. So it's still being discussed. But they're like, should we get together and like have a beer or something like that? And like you could tell the people on the call are like, nope, nope, nope we're nope, good. Nope, we're nope, good. Nope. And then some people are like, well, some some of the groups are having virtual get togethers. They're like, sounds good. Sounds good. Because because they'll they'll come and they'll, they'll just be off camera as everyone eats their lunch. I like it's just it's kind of gotten to that point. But I was like, they weren't. I don't know about you, but they weren't great before. No. And when I when I worked in other places, the holiday party was the thing. People would get smashed like right away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like I, I don't know. It's in. I think there's some offices where they are fun, and the and the people there can kind of get into it. And I haven't always had bad experiences, but kind of in these large corporate settings, you know, like you said, like you have the raffle and then the ugly sweater contest yeah. and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And usually ours is like middle of the day from twelve to one, and there's usually four or five speeches, and and that and it usually it's like you know everyone has like little Caesar's pizza or something like that. It's it's not usually a, and it, it is what it is. And I and I people plan it and they put time into it, and I and I get that. But just for me, it's just not my thing. And um, one of yeah. ours one year they hired a stand-up comic. Oh no. You know, a stand-up comic is not meant to be at an afternoon holiday luncheon, ever. What? It was. It was. How bad was it? So bad. Really. I remember around us, like, we we just stopped listening. We were all talking when when he was doing his thing. But, um, you know, the leadership all had to pretend to smile at this person because yeah. you have to keep a nice face of neutral positive. <laughs> I felt so badly for him too. What a miserable thing to be booked for—a holiday luncheon at a stand-up comic. Yeah, yeah. We never had the budget for it. There was always the the executive would do sort of a speech kind of thing, oh, and terrible. and and we had some that were actually pretty decent that kept it kind of short. But yeah, it was probably about thirteen, fourteen years ago. Like the CEO just got up, and it was just very difficult for him to give sort of the holiday. And I was like, I was like, why don't you say thank you, everyone, for such a great year and all the work that you did? And he just told a story about uh, his trip to Hawaii, and I'm just like, people don't want to hear about your story to Hawaii, like they, you know what I mean? So anyway, it was, but yeah, I think that you know, if you're doing a holiday party, which I for a lot of people is really good, but I'm like, kind of plan it where the employees can spend more time conversing yeah. and yeah, and yeah. enjoying each other stuff like that, and let less speeches and and you know, like I said, like the raffle thing, it was like, <sighs> oh, it was just terrible. I'm like, I'm sure they're rigged too. I'm sure they're rigged. Yeah, yeah. And there, there was there was more than one occasion where our executive got the coolest gift to take home, and I'm like, interesting. I, I, one of those I did win in uh, a Kindle, which was exciting for me. I've Ooh. never won anything that cool, so yeah. Well, I I never have won those that you know that weekend trip to wherever. That was always a thing. You had that. I've never won it, but yeah, at every institution I've been at, yeah. We, we, we've never had anything that cool. The, the best gift you could get is a $10 bottle of wine. That was about it, so. It's because you do white elephant gifts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah we, we, we never won anything. I always won dumb things, so. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. So, yeah, no, it was, yeah, it was, yeah. So, so yeah, it still hasn't been determined yet what, what my office is doing. And I'm sure it'll turn out, even if we do a virtual thing, I, it'll be fine. But uh, yeah. but a lot of people are leaving. They're going on vacation, so I don't know how many people are going to be there. But I'm like, hey, I'll, you know, I'll go to it. But I was like, I was like, yeah, it's just holiday parties just aren't, aren't my bag. So it's not my thing. So, okay, so you're, um, you are Scrooge. I, I a, a little bit. I, I, I don't mind small with three Christmas trees. Yes, you're but like I like doing trees. small things with my friends. It's just these these big hundred person holiday things. I, it's just not my thing. No, I understand. Big. I understand. Especially right now, it is a little weird. It's I'd weird. Like to, I'd like to pretend, and I've heard this from a lot of people that they now would like to pretend that COVID is over, um, because we've dealt with it long enough. As if there is some yeah. kind of magic tabulation you can keep that it's like oh you're right we are done um no we're, we're not and we do have this other variant that's that we're coping with and things aren't looking great they're not looking terrible i don't know if you've been paying attention and i can do a brief covid quarter corner today if you're interested <laughs> sure it's everyone's favorite segment particularly during the holiday segment. show particularly during, during the, during holiday the holiday show Every, everyone wants to hear about well, this there, deadly there, there is there's mixed <laughs> news there's mixed news okay um you know the, the news that we've been talking about for a while is you know it it looks like it's highly transmissible and that has not changed uh the big studies that needed to come out which are starting to come out to see if prior vaccination actually shows some kind of uh immunity against or protection against the virus and the answer is, yeah, to a certain extent. Uh, there are different ways that your body has immunity. There is the neutralizing antibodies, which are the first line of defense, which prevent you from getting sick at all. And we had learned early on with like the Delta variant and some of these others that vaccines are going to have more obstacles to overcome with just their neutralizing antibody levels. But um, vaccination and certainly prior infection together with vaccination will lead to you having really strong um, memory cell responses, B cell responses, and, and T cell responses, which take place a little further down the line. And that never seemed to change. And that doesn't seem to be the case with, with this version of COVID either. So that first line of defense, which is particularly sensitive to changes and mutations in that spike protein, uh, are the ones that, you know, it's like the other variants. They're just really good at evading the initial vaccine. And there have been studies that have been, you know, examining people who've been, their blood, the, who've been previously vaccinated and put that against the virus in vitro to see how it neutralizes. And it doesn't neutralize very well. It's, it's highly diminished capacity to do that. But the other parts of the immune system seem to be working pretty well, given that the numbers in, in the different places where we're seeing Omicron. So uh, we know South Africa's had a, a blow up of Omicron. We're seeing a large number of, of spreads in Europe now, like the UK is starting to get, we believe, a large number of spreads. Um, in, in the UK, until recently, there had been zero deaths related to Omicron, and now there's one death related to Omicron, and we don't know if that individual had been vaccinated or not. I don't know the details of that. Um, that being said, the, the better news is that it seems to be milder uh, than what we were worried about. It's much milder, in fact. Uh, it doesn't mean that it doesn't send people to the hospital because it can, but in everybody who's vaccinated, fully vaccinated, it it almost entirely is much milder. Um, additionally, when you add a third dose, if you add that booster dose, 
and they do those in vitro studies. They're doing those in the dish studies to see what happens when you take you know, the blood from those folks and then you, you uh, expose the virus to that. Um, there's a lot more neutralizing antibody protection, like a lot more. And especially, again, if you've had the hybrid immunity, if you've been infected at all with coronavirus, then you have even more protection. And it's very, very high levels again. So the story that's emerging is that you kind of want to think about if you've had your full vaccination, especially given the holiday season, the amount of travel in the holiday season, the transmissibility of the Omicron variant, um, it's a good idea, if you can, to get the booster. It really is a good idea. And recently, the um, the FDA had okayed, I think, for 16 and 17-year-olds to get the booster as well uniformly. So we're seeing that it is a very beneficial thing, and I think that will prevent a large number of people from even getting it and certainly prevent people from getting a severe version of it. Uh, the fact that it's milder, especially if you've been vaccinated, even without the booster, is very encouraging. Uh, it would be nicer if we had larger numbers of those that are vaccinated. But the questions that are now occurring are, so when is this going to end? Like, how do we finally get through this? And this is what we're going to be talking about for a while. And the answer is we still don't know. We still don't know. Um, there are patterns of mutation that will take place that the coronavirus is kind of following. It's it's trying to do that thing that other coronaviruses did in the past. It's trying to become more transmissible. Um, in becoming more transmissible, if it is in fact milder, then it probably will help itself survive longer. And that will be the thing that we get used to every season, like other coronaviruses. Um, it's possible that some versions of milder can become more severe later on. Like it's mild for long enough to spread, and then it's severe enough afterward that it continues to spread for a very long time. We don't know if it goes in that direction. Um, the, the, there are a couple of things to watch out for though. Um, the first is that there are so many places that don't have vaccines. And as long as we have a very large amount of the planet that's not vaccinated, um, then mutations will continue to happen. And whether or not those mutations are going to go in a direction that will accelerate us toward an endemic, meaning that it becomes more like a cold that revisits us or a flu that revisits us every season, or if it becomes more extended pandemic like it is now, um, which is across the globe. It's not just pockets that you've got an outbreak in, you know, the state of Ohio or an outbreak in the city of, of you know, San Diego. It, it like you actually have uh, a pandemic. It's a global thing uh, that might extend another year or two. Who knows? Who really knows? Um, but we're also coming up with better treatments, which is the other interesting story that's that's occurring right now. So um, the the big debate that's going on is whether or not the Merck drug Molnupiravir is going to get the emergency use authorization from the FDA. There was a panel that met to recommend it from the FDA, and the panel narrowly recommended it. It was a 13 to 10 recommendation as a vote. And the reason why was because originally the Game Changer data came out to say that it was you know a 50% reduction in severe illness, which was great. Um, but now with recent data, it's more like 30% reduction. And people are saying, that's not that great. And there's a risk associated with it. And here was the original point. The risk associated with it is um, because it causes the virus to have some mutations to make it stop working, Is there's a little bit of worry of whether or not that drug could actually lead to more mutations in the virus and lead it into a direction that's unplanned and, and not necessarily good. Uh, so there's fear of what could be and wondering if it's worth releasing into the world. Um, monoclonal antibodies are much more effective. They reduce the severe illness by something like 80%, I think. It's way better. 
Um, but with Omicron, one of the concerns is that the monoclonal treatment might not be as effective because it might evade immunity that the monoclonal antibodies had figured out from the previous versions, the previous variants. So there is a worry. In the past, there was some data that suggested the monoclonal treatments also could lead to accelerated mutation. Uh, so we've got some things, there's some co-evolutions going on of how we're prolonging this pandemic or not. It's speculative. We don't know. Um, in general, uh, if you're vaccinated and if you are still kind of taking care to be uh, socially responsible, I, I wouldn't even say isolating, I wouldn't even say um, uh, quarantining, those things. If you're responsible and you're vaccinated, I think that that's going to do a ton of good against this. And I think that's what we're going to have to be used to for a little while still. And I think as always, just to let everybody know, I'm looking at this from a social point of view of like, what, what do we as people collectively have to look at? I'm not looking at your individual situation. That's something that you take to your own clinician. You take them to your own uh, physician or nurse practitioner or whomever you see that you trust as your primary care person or um, uh, somebody who's licensed to do this stuff at an individual level is the person that you should be asking about your own. But I take the data that's out there, I read it, I make my predictions, and I try to be informed, and I, and I, and I look for feedback from other experts in this, and, and I'm happy to answer any questions that you have along the way, and we love hearing from you on, on these matters. So um, with that, I want to take us to a quick commercial break. This week's episode is brought to you by Wet Panda Dry Bags. You know, it's pretty basic to think about dry bags, but it's so important. You know, when we're headed out to paddleboard or we're headed out to hike, um, I reach for my dry bag all the time because, you know, I have a digital camera, I have different equipment with me, and I am not always confident that my backpack is completely waterproof. So I just tuck it into my dry bag and I know that it's going to stay safe. And I even pack a wet panda bag in my gym bag because, you know, if I'm swimming, I can toss my swimming suit into the dry bag and close it up. And I know that the rest of my bag isn't going to get wet and nasty. So check out Wet Panda. They are exclusively sold on eBay. Just search Wet Panda Dry Bags and look for that panda paw. Thank you so much, Wet Panda, for your sponsorship of the Sunday Brunch. Alrighty, we're back. And uh, so, Marty, have you thought about some stocking stuffers yet? I mean, I know we talked a little bit about gifts. Have you have you considered some like? I need some ideas. You know what makes really great stocking stuffers? Tell me. The Sunday Brunch collection of merch. Tell have you, me have, more. have you checked it out? Have you checked? Okay, so if you go to our website, the and it that is sundaybrunchpodcast.org. That is the sundaybrunchpodcast.org. You can check out some awesome merch. You need a coffee cup? We have coffee cups. You need like a little wine uh, tumbler situation? We have that. Decorative pillows? We have that. We even have the Sunday brunch with Matt and Dr. Marty holiday ornament. Your tree is not complete without some great Sunday brunch podcast merch. So oh my gosh, do you, do you need a, uh, one of those reusable because we care about sustainability. Do you need like one of those grocery bags? We have it. It's branded. There's some awesome sweatshirts with everyone's favorite line from Dr. Marty that says eat some brunch and change the world. We even have those sweatshirts. So if you're looking <laughs> for some awesome merch, we have it. merch. I we, love we, it. we don't talk about our merch enough, but we have some really good stuff. That is awesome. I know what I'm gonna get. 
Well, well, first of all, you need ornaments for all your trees. I, I, I have three trees. I need I need three of them, you know? I'm definitely getting the bag and the sweatshirts and, and the it, pillows. And if you're traveling, you need the Sunday brunch mask. We have one of the, we have the masks. That's and the on mask. There. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting I, it all. I, I'm a big fan of the Sunday brunch long sleeve tee with the, with the uh, motto on the back of it. That's my favorite. I love this. It has blue sleeves on it. Yeah. It's really good. So. I am going to wear this when I'm traveling over the holidays. And Dr. Marty, where where would you find some of this awesome merch? You're going to find it on our website. And what's that again? Sundaybrunch.org. Oh. Podcast. Sunday oh! Oh! <laughs> that <laughs> is the... Too many words. <laughs> Sundaybrunchpodcast.org. Uh, just uh, on the top of the website, click shop. Uh, it will go to our uh, really awesome, we have a great partnership with Customized Girl who created our merch shop. Uh, a lot of good stuff there. So we have to plug it during the holidays, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, How can you to... give me so many words to remember in a row and humiliate <laughs> me like that? <laughs> Happy holidays. Okay, so our, our eggnog is chilled. Uh, our gingerbread cookies are warm. Uh, it's time for us to get into some tech news. Um, I have to bring this up. Uh, you know, we always have so much news to go through, but I have to talk about this: the CEO of Better.com who fired uh, 900 employees over Zoom. Uh, th- yeah. This story evolved over the last couple of weeks, where he not only fired 900 people, they sent the fired employees a package containing, uh, and this is a Reuters article a mini trophy and a certificate of recognition. And of course, employees found that very disparaging. Then he had another Zoom call where he apologized for what he did. And then the board of directors then reached out to the employees and said, hey, um, he's going to be taking some time off. I, I This was terrible. This was an absolutely horrible. And this is, and, and, and for those of you that don't know, uh, better.com. Uh, provides mortgage and insurance products for homeowners on a completely online platform. Um, I, I, this is terrible behavior. I mean, we've talked about usually we're picking on sort of the big tech CEOs. This is an example of just another CEO. I, I don't know how you. He just made it worse. I mean, it was bad enough. I mean, I and it's just gotten worse with these. They're going to make a movie about this. Oh They're yeah, going to make a movie. He is going to become the archetype for a villain in a Christmas movie on the Hallmark Channel. For yeah, sure. Yeah, this is like, uh, it kind of reminds me of like that, uh, what is it, that movie Scrooged. I mean, like that oh, guy, yeah, yeah with, oh, with yeah. Uh, what, uh, Bill Murray. I mean, I this was awful. And I, I mean, I guess I, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on it. I mean, we're in a more mobile space and he did this wrong because you don't do a mass firing. That's terrible. Uh, but managers are letting employees go over Zoom. They are... We are conducting layoffs over. I mean, we are doing a lot of these type things. I mean, this looks like it's going to be our new normal uh, in this being the outlier on it. But what do you think about like when these events sort of occur, us doing this in this more mobile space or this more web virtual based space? That's an interesting question. I I think that's one of the other things we're going to have to get used to. Um, Because the office is a very different definition now and because we are more separated it's probably easier to do it that way i have witnessed um before the red weddings that happen where there are mass firings i've seen it where there have been 20 people and i've worked in smaller institutions oh really where 20 people have been let go in one day i've never seen it before Uh uh-huh oh yeah it's it's a red wedding it's terrible 
like you see people going in and out and every time they go in thinking oh no and then they leave with tears in a box um it's it is awful it is awful when you have to see it that that way um but doing a 900 person mass firing yeah yeah, uh, right now right now well, and when it's 900 people, what's the best way of doing it? Is it just having the managers do it or is it having HR? Like, how do you do it at that quantity? I, I'm just, as I was thinking about this, I'm like, how, you know, how does I'm it best big, get done? I'm a big believer in transparency, no matter where you work. And if you have budget goals to meet or if people aren't meeting their their expectations, um, or if you're pivoting in some form or another, then you give everybody ample notice that in two months, you know, we are, we are going to be doing a restructure and we will let you know in two months. Uh, but the things that we'll be looking at are X, Y, and Z and you give people, you give people the opportunity to leave yeah, gracefully. Like that's what you do. And if you don't, then you're, I think there are certainly challenges that come up with, with particular situations, but that's not, that's not cool. That shows a lack of valuing your employees. And I know discretion is important. But one of my values is transparency. So if you can't be transparent, then you can't be entrusted. That, that's my general rule. Yeah. And, and as a customer, I would wonder, you know, it's like, well, if entrustability is the issue, then what do you do? Yeah. And I think there, you know, again, this has been sort of evolving story these past couple of weeks. Um, you know, Better.com's CEO and, and also some representatives were talking about like, well, you know, the company's facing some economic issues. Of course, many companies all over the world are facing economic issues during this uh, pandemic. Um, also, they're saying, well, our, our remote workforce isn't working as much as they could be. And, and, and we want to increase accountability and all these things. And and uh, his sort of his speech to these 900 employees who are being like, oh, you know, he, he, he said a couple of these things where he's like, hey, you know, we're, we're changing a lot of the ways that we're doing things. And I would agree with you. I think, you know, give people the opportunity to course correct. Um, but at this scale, I, I, I just I just don't buy it that all 900 of the people who were on this call weren't doing their jobs well, or weren't the doing, yeah. yeah they, like, it doesn't make any it's sense. It's very expensive to retrain 900 people um, at that level unless you're actually changing your mission for the in the near future. Like there's right. something drastically that's going to be changing. Um, then then it's a matter of transparency. Yeah. And you and you share with your stakeholders what that what that change is. So yeah, why in the world would you cut a thousand unless you are so in the red right. that the only right. thing you can do is cut a thousand positions. And at that point, they should have been on board with knowing that there might be some restructuring going on given the given the financial hardship. Yeah, yeah. And that if it's a last resort, it's a last resort, but we're getting close to that and we're gonna have to have some conversations come December, you know, early uh, to, to figure out how we're gonna do that. And that, that does include um, changing jobs and, and losing jobs. So, <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm angered for those folks that have been let go. And I know decisions aren't like taken lightly in, in the, the management side of the house, but uh, being transparent is not as bad as it seems. It's really, I think, the way to go. Yeah, I agree with you. I, you know, and I've worked for companies that have done mass layoffs. And I, and I would agree. I think that when employees are being communicated with around, this is the financial situation, uh, we're making usually it's we're making cuts in these areas and then we're making cuts additional cuts in these areas so they kind of know and then they're like hey we're looking at a reorganization um, I, and I even think it's beneficial when they say 
we are considering a reduction in force. Yeah. And yeah. and people start to hear it. So it isn't, it's always a surprise and no one wants to be laid off from their job. And this is horrible. And I feel terrible for these 900 people because it's never a good time. And particularly in this economy, it's really rough. Uh, but I would agree with you. I think being very transparent and also in situations like this, you need to have HR professionals yeah. advising their leadership yes. and participating yes. in this process. And, um, you know, I, I, I felt like, and I watched excerpts from a speech. I didn't watch the whole thing because it was a train wreck. He is not an eloquent speaker by any means. And just the the way this was rolled out, horrible. And then, of course, this tro- mini trophy and all this other stuff that you oh, rolled out. so insulting. Yeah, it's like you don't have the money to pay for these employees, but you have the money to send everyone a trophy and a certificate also of recognition. Insulting. Yeah, it also was horrible. Insulting. Um, you know, and, and, and again, it's never good, but I think that when people are like, Hey, this is the status, like you said, transparent about where the company is, what, what we're doing, you know, this is, and also having HR engaged in those conversations. And, um, I would hope that for a company like this, that they would have a good HR team to say, this is how we would roll it out. And, and I mean, I've seen it done in phases. I've seen it where, uh, they have the management team involved. I've seen on layoffs where they're like, hey, you know, we're, you know, here's the package. We explain it to them. Maybe there's continuing education uh, elements to this. Maybe there's some um, job transition support. I mean, right. see, I, I've seen it where they've tried to help employees, um, even though difficult decisions have to be made, they, they try to assist them as best they can. Even uh, one company I know in particular was like, not only will we offer you some additional training, you know, we're trying to give you a competitive package. We even have a service that we will pay to assist you in in writing your resume and helping you with your job search. I mean, some of these companies try to do the best they can with the situation yeah, as yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, but I think this is just another example of like the CEO. I, I, I don't know how else is that. I mean, just completely tone deaf and really not sensitive at all. And and I mean, and if there were HR professionals involved with that, I don't think it was just him, but I think there was other folks involved. This was just a horrible series of bad decisions being made in regards to how to handle this. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad he's taking some time off. Hopefully yeah. he'll have a chance to reflect. And, you know, I, I'm not there. It's not my situation. I'm, I'm sure there's more nuance to it. But ugh, that one just gave me the heebie-jeebies. It was not a happy story. Yeah. The Washington Examiner, uh, you know, also covered this story and said that an uh, email came from the board director saying that the CEO needed to take so much time, much needed time off. I would agree 110%. Um, but I think even if I wasn't one of those people that was laid off and I was with the company, uh, this says a lot about this company and their culture and their leadership that, that this would fly. I mean, I'm yeah. like, yeah. And like you said, if I was a customer of this company, I'd wonder what the values are. Uh, yeah. 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 It would, it would certainly be concerning. So, um, you know, we, we have to talk about Apple cause we have Yay, some, we, we, we have some Apple stories. So, so one of the Apple stories that came up, uh, and we talked to earlier this year about, um, you know, Apple's AirTags. And this is a great piece of technology that um, Apple released. And I say great because um, it's very easy for Apple consumers to attach these nice little round AirTags um, and they can track stuff. So keys, wallets, all those type of things. Um, even in my own household, I got my, uh, you know, my, my husband has one that helps you locate your wallet. Um, also when people are traveling, you know, they have luggage and bags and those type of things and they want to keep an eye on them. And if they misplace them, they want to be able to easily locate them. So, and this isn't anything new. There's been a couple other companies that have produced very similar products where you can 
tag, you know, even pets, or you can put all, you know, you know, you put one in your car, that kind of stuff you lose in the parking lot. So it is very useful technology. Um, but Apple came out, they made a very big launch of, of air tags and number of accessories have rolled out. So people are putting them on a little bit of everything. Uh, matter of fact, I was at the store a couple days ago and they actually sell, so Marty, they have a wallet that has the little air tag slot built in. So you just slide it in there and it's like a nice black That's, wallet. You know you've um, made it then. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they, they've started billing. So it's, it's starting to become a part of even our fashion and they have keychains now that are nice leather keychains. So they're kind of integrating this thing. And again, this is helpful technology. I mean, this is stuff that is helping people. I, I get very nervous if I can't find my wallet. So the idea of having these devices. But there's a byproduct to this technology. So with AirTags um, and with any sort of tracking device that's out there, there's also this other side where they're like, there's an opportunity for this to become abused. That's right. That's and right. and people to uh, use this type of tracking technology for stalking or for, uh, you know, any type of surveillance or those type of things. So, and, and Apple tried to respond to this and say, hey, we're, we're going to try to build in a number of safety measures. Uh, but that was really for Apple users. And there's been some bumps along the road around this and people that have kind of tested around, like, what happens if I just throw this air tag um, in your backpack and you don't know it, uh, this little thing's tracking you. And it's about the size of what, a quarter? About that about that size, like it's a very small discrete device. Or what if they just tape it to the back of the bumper of your car or those type of things. So, um, and they built into the uh, iOS, the ability for it to say, hey, did you know a tracker's close and all those type of things? Because the technology depends on iPhones. They're not connected to like a cellular network. They're not connected to Wi-Fi. They depend on sort of the short range communication from the AirTag to the phone, and it's with any iPhone that's around it. So I, so as long as iPhones are around the AirTags, um, it sort of checks in with sort of Apple's network, and you don't even know, if it's not my AirTag, I don't even know that my phone's being used to report back on this location. They have figured out a way that if an AirTag gets dropped in your bag or on your car, where your iPhone will say, hey, did you know that an AirTag is active and it's close to you? So you can kind of bring bring that awareness to it. It's not perfect, but but they've done something. Um, but there was this whole other side where, you know, you could have an AirTag on your car and not be an Apple user. You may not have an iPhone. So similar to like you, Dr. Marty, if I put one in your car, um, you don't have an iPhone. So how would you know an AirTag right. is there? And so uh, it was announced that um, Apple has an Android app. Kind of funny that Apple is producing Android apps, but they are. Thank you. Uh, producing an Apple called Tracker Detect. And so this is Apple making good on its promise to extend this ability to identify uh, nearby AirTags. And so you can use this app to be able to find trackers. And so that Android users can figure out whether or not they're, they're being tracked or they're, you know, somebody sort of surveying them. This was uh, originally covered by by Gizmodo. And so Apple making good on its promise to say, hey, Android users, we're also going to give you this ability to be tracked. I, I would really like, uh, and this will never happen, but I mean, you know, Apple has its walled garden. It likes its hardware to talk to its own hardware, um, right, you know, right. with, with, with very few exceptions. Uh, but this warranted an exception. This warranted an exception that, Air, that Apple produced these AirTag products and um, there's a dark side to how they can be used. And so I think it was it was good that Apple, you know, put that out there. So um, I'm recommending to a lot of my Android users of like, you know, you never know. So I think installing this app and putting it on your phone and quickly checking, um, things happen where, where, I mean, also I, you know, I've, I've uh, 
recently heard somebody where it was like they they found an air tag and they thought they were being surveilled but actually it was just it was in the parking lot it actually wasn't on their car but it was underneath their car they're like what's this on my car well no somebody just just dropped their keychain but this stuff kind of happens all the time so i think just bringing more awareness to it um and giving android users the ability to see whether or not this is happening um i, I think it's a good step in the right direction and so um, I was just kind of curious, have you seen, I've seen a lot of AirTags in the wild, at least out where I'm at. Um, out in LA, I mean, are you, are you seeing a lot of this? I don't pay attention, honestly. You're not, um, you're not paying attention to all the no, Apple but, products but, in the wild? But it, but it certainly, uh, it, it makes me pause. Um, okay, quickly, does the Apple technology, if you do own the iPhone, automatically detect it or do you have to download apps for that as well? Um, at least on my phone, I haven't had to add anything additional to mine. It, it tells me if an AirTag is close. Okay. Um, so, but I can always verify that. So I don't think I have a separate app on that. So, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really concerning. It's really concerning. I mean, for people that use it, yes, that's, that's fine. But I was just imagining as you were telling the story, all the ways in which my privacy would be violated and how I'd feel about it if I discovered that, um, you know, you know, someone left one in my car or in my bag or something like that. That would be really, really uncomfortable. Yeah, and I think, you know, we've kind of talked about other similar products in this same space. Um, You know, I I mean, even when you travel, have you ever worried about losing a bag and want to have the ability to track it down? No. I mean, yeah, so I've traveled internationally and a bag had been neglected. You know, it, it, it had caught up with us 24 hours later. But that that's the worst that's ever happened. I'd never wondered where, you know, a bag could have gone or I, I tend to be pretty vigilant, not perfect, but pretty vigilant about my surroundings. And so I don't usually have those issues. And I usually try to stay in places where I don't feel like I have to be that vigilant. But yeah. uh, man, Oof. my my biggest thing is my wallet. So like yeah. I I'm always afraid and, and like even last week, I sort of had this like momentary like, where did it go? And it was just that I happened to be moving my wallet from one bag to another. And I don't typically put it in this bag. So it kind of threw me off because usually I put it in the same space all the time. Um, and so like I, I like the feature of being able to say make a noise so I can track it down because it was all sort of in the same vicinity. But for a moment there, I'm moving my wallet from my jacket or to my bag or something like that. Th- that's where I use it the most is, is having, is having that kind of capability. Um, but I also heard people that like love it. They, they leave one in their car all the time because they're like, I, I forget where my car is. And, and, uh, I have a friend of mine who he, like his dad always, he said about once a month panics cause he forgets where he parks the car. Like he's on the phone when he's going into the store and then comes out, he's like, well, where's that? And uh, he goes, really likes that he doesn't have that pressure to try to track things down. But on the same hand, it's, pretty easy for somebody to also attach another one to your car as well so it's very discomforting <laughs> okay apocalyptic tell me more so so, so you're not going to be buying any uh any air tags in the future uh, if well not for people i like <laughs> it, it, it makes a good stocking stuffer but not oh nearly God. as it, good a stocking stuffer as a sunday brunch christmas ornament. no i think those are more benign <laughs> um another another apple news story that came up too is uh so I, I, I'm going to always add a little bit of a disclosure on this because 
uh, th- there's always a lot of rumor coming out about uh, future sort of product releases from Apple. Um, this is another Apple story I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, for Mark Gurman, who Mark Gurman uh, is kind of the Apple rumor guy. He's the one that when he makes his predictions or when he says something, chances are he's not always perfect. But, you know, he, he's, he's, he, has, he has sort of the Apple crystal ball underneath his desk. Okay. Um, was talking about this week that Apple was going to bring nudity detection in messages on the in the iPhone and the iPad in, in a new update. So Mark okay. Gurman is saying that, that this is coming out. Now, I have had people who say, why does this matter? Like, how is this going to work? Why does it matter? Well, uh, a couple things. One, uh, particularly with young people using uh, a lot of this technology that's out there, um, there's been a lot of conversation around uh, minors in, in photos being sent that is inappropriate content relating to minors and those are things. And to what kind of protections can be built into the phone uh, to prevent that? Uh, we've also seen systems where it's like, um, I'm being sent unsolicited Oh, yeah. um, inappropriate yeah. content, and I want the opportunity, instead of it just sort of coming up, uh, I want the opportunity for it to filter. And we've seen software that's out there that kind of um, will say, I think this is something bad, and I want to bring this to your attention um, before you open it. So we've seen some of this in some other pieces of software. And so Apple is saying, hey, we, we want to put this, so it's rumored from Mark Gurman that they are going to build this feature into iMessages where if you are sent something that contains nudity um, in iMessages, it is going to tell you that it it believes that this is an inappropriate photo. It may be appropriate because of the person that you're sending this photo to, who knows, but it's gonna give you that opportunity to say, hey, you know, we're seeing it, and then it'll be the user's choice on whether or not they are going to open it. And of course, you know, you can always block somebody who is sending you that type of content, yada, yada, yada. Um, there's, it looks like uh, there, there was some people who were like, Hey, is there going to be parental controls built into it? Where if I give my kid a phone, will it tattle and let me know that they're being sent photos? doesn't look, it doesn't look like that feature. At least Mark Gurman hasn't predicted that it's going to report back to parents. looks like the, the kids who would, who are using it under their parents' plan, they, this, this feature could be turned on. But it wouldn't be telling them, telling the parents everything, but they would have the opportunity to report it, uh, those type of things. So um, it looks like they are trying to, and this again is Mark Gurman's speculation about this particular feature. Uh, to me, it makes sense. I mean, and and I think, uh, you know, you know, particularly, you know, there's a lot of jokes around people sending unsolicited, inappropriate photos out there. Um, and uh, so I think having this sort of feature built in, I think, would be good, particularly with people who have been sent things in their photo and their phone is not locked and it displays that stuff right on the front screen. You never know what's being sent to you. So I think that. Oh, you got to um, be careful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got to be real careful about what's being sent to you. But I do think that, you know, having some sort of filtration mechanism, uh, particularly as we have, you know, younger people that are using these platforms already, kids are interacting with this technology already. I mean, we we hope that they're not being sent inappropriate content. But I think any consumer, not only kids, but regular adults, give me the ability to kind of say, do I really want to open this? Because if it's unsolicited, inappropriate, I mean, I want to look at it. I may just say, hey, I want to block this guy. I don't want to see this content anymore. So um, I think it's an interesting feature. Again, this is Mark Gurman's prediction. He's pretty good. Uh, But it certainly spurred some interesting controversy a uh, little bit this week about this feature saying, you know, is this right for Apple to be doing this? Does this, you know, is this feature necessary? People should be able to send whatever they want to send. So there's a couple different sides of this, but um, I, you know, you're not an Apple user, but you're, would, if, if they rolled out something very similar in the Android operating system, 
would this be something that you would be like, yeah, this is cool. I would turn it on or, or, or do you think th- this I thought is you were going to say you're not an Apple user, but you're a dirty picture sender. No, 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 um, no. But I mean, w- would you want this feature in like the Android <laughs> operating system, you know? Uh, I think so. I've, I've got to be honest with you. I don't usually get a whole lot of, um, nudes sent my way. Uh, yeah, I don't I, either. But <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not my, my problem. Um, not to say that people, you know, are, are never in their life going to have that happen, but I don't know the extent to which it's a problem, to be honest. I don't know if it's a perceived problem more than it's an actual one. I think if I had kids, um, then I might think differently about it. I think that, that I'd certainly have a heightened concern because there can be predators online. There's certainly a fear of predators online. Uh, so I would, I'd probably be more on board with something like that. But in actuality, in my, in my life, the the idea of being sent an unsolicited nude uh i don't know if i'd want to buy an iphone for that you know i was like well okay but but again i I think people have a right and if there's a reason for it then yeah you you want to protect your family or you as you as you mentioned you might just not want to see it which is perfectly fair and there are shady things and you don't want to open up something at work um at a meeting when you're trying to you know show somebody pictures of your family on your cell phone and then you get a, a message that's like from a dubious website or something of somebody sending something. Um, there's the question of the mind, mind your own business. Uh, is it is it a place for anybody to censor what it is that they're sending? I don't think that if you send something, you have a right that someone has to see it. I think it's their right to block it and their right to choose to put a filter up to block it. I think that's their right. It's like a TV uh, filter. Like you could put a parental filter on your television show. It could still be broadcast, but it's not coming through to your television. I, th- I think that very well makes sense. I don't think it's controversial. Uh, I'm, I am curious about the need or the perceived need for this kind of thing. I am. Yeah, and, I, and I'm the same boat. I don't have a lot of need for it. But, and, you know, again, adults sometimes send pictures to fellow adults for whatever reason. Tell me um, more. Yeah, 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 exactly. And... <laughs> But I also know young people do, you know, foolish things and young people send pictures of themselves to other young people. I mean, this happens because, you know, people do this kind of stuff. And so I think it's it's an interesting feature. And I think Apple being who they are, there is probably enough uh, concern from some of their consumers yeah, or the, if, to, to if warrant. If there's really concern there, right. which I'm sensitive to, that, which I should be more sensitive to, then yeah, I think it's, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, and when I when I sort of think about these larger platform questions, uh, you know, and there's been concerns raised about um, like Snapchat, like Snapchat really appeals to a particular demographic because of the very temporary nature of the of the message. So in Snapchat, you can. So, take so Matt, a is this our is this our demographic? <laughs> no, I think our Democrats Facebook. I mean, we're like really old. We're like Facebook and Instagram, but uh, but I think TikTok and Snapchat uh, sort of have this temporary nature to them. And uh, where 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 I message, man, if you send something, you can hold it for a very long time. Yeah. Um, I, I you know there's there's also some discussion around some of those other platforms around saying, um, you know, is some of this content inappropriate? Should there be some mechanism that says, hey, you're going to view something? And and we have seen some changes to the platform, uh, like Instagram, for instance. It will tell you um, if the content is uh, is violent or if the content contains some level of nudity. It will drop sort of a filter in front of it and say, are you sure you want to look at this content? 
which I think is a good thing, particularly depending on yeah. what it is. It could yes. be very triggering for somebody. So we're yes. seeing some of these filters sort of built in. And uh, and I do struggle with um, with some of these platforms when they say, hey, we're filtering this out. But it, it could be a, a very um, it could be a photo that is more artistic or it could be a or historically significant photo. Yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I mean, I, I think that uh, that AI would have to catch that. Right. And understand, but I do remember that the U.S. Supreme Court was not very good at identifying a definition of pornography back in the day. So I right. don't know what the what the standards of, of nudity would be on this kind of thing. But by and large, I think that's not going to be the crux of the problem. I think the crux right. of the problem right. is, is what we were referring to before. So interesting. Um, yeah, I, if you're an adult, I think it would be very different. I think that's something to, to consider for people who have phones. Um, I mean, you know, certainly they, they should have a choice as an adult to block that, but um, to have some kind of auto intercept kind of thing for younger folks who don't have that, who yeah. don't have the age or the autonomy or the, you know, the, the reason to be able to, to look at such unsolicited pictures. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, I think some of the steps that Instagram has taken, which I, I rarely give compliments to a, a meta company. Uh, but I think that 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 little filter that that comes down on some of that content, I think is good. It certainly has caught my attention to kind of go. And uh, when I've clicked on it, it said, you know, this is going to display something very violent. Um, or there was one that it was like it, it suggests something and it sort of explained what it suggested. And I think going in, it's like, okay, I just tap it and it clears away the filter and I can see the content. Um, I think if it's a feature like this for iMessage where, uh, which I feel when I get a text message or an iMessage, that's way more personal than me just yes, yes. On, on Instagram. And so yes. I, I think if my phone said, hey, you know, this content is something like that, um, which which I don't get that type of content. So it would certainly catch me off guard if that was sent to me. Um, I, like you said, I might say, I don't know who this person is, so I'm going to block them. And I don't need to view that, you know, because I, I don't know what that is. So, so, so yeah. So important question. Shoot. Um, does this software block ugly Christmas sweater pictures? Uh, I don't think Mark Gurman predicted that, but do, do you own it? Do you actually own an ugly sweater? No. Do you? No. And and then I don't get it. What was a couple of years ago? They were selling them at the store. You had to go buy. They do. No, they yeah. like I have been in Marshalls, one of my favorite discount shops. And Marshalls they, is great. I really they like had Marshalls. a ton of ugly Christmas sweaters. Like I thought really? the point was to own one and wear it to the party, not buy one. Yeah, and I won't do that. I'm supposed to to my holiday concert wear something Christmassy, but of course I'm going to do it tastefully with um, green and red ensemble. It's going to be and a red bow tie. Uh, red and green. Okay. Okay. Is it going to light up or what's the situation? I have taste. You have taste. Okay. Yeah. I have taste. Is there going to be like Rudolph like antlers or light up necklaces? Other people will have that. Other people will have that. I'm just going to look tasteful, but other people can go all out. Okay. Okay. And uh, so your office holiday party canceled. Uh, Any further. The the big one was already happened and it was an outdoor event. Okay. Not part of the problem. How was the food? Um, couldn't tell you. Yeah. Oh, you didn't have any? No. Okay. And the raffle, you didn't win? No. Okay. Did you enjoy the socializing though? No. No? You didn't I'm becoming that? you. <laughs> <laughs> With that, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, the, the other thing that was, that, uh, we did for a holiday <laughs> office thing too was, uh, the ornament exchange. Did you ever do that? 
No. Oh, yeah. The, if whoever came out that they're like, oh, this is a really great idea. You can't spend more than $10 on an ornament. And we do an ornament. She's like, how, how bad can this possibly go? They're ornaments. Oh, the office controversy on ornaments because you would have some people who would like make an ornament mm. and it would be like construction paper and a pipe cleaner. And then you'd have mm. somebody who went and bought that $10 ornament that's really mm. nice. And they go in the exchange. So somebody would bring you a $10 ornament. And then the other, the person who brought the $10 ornament would leave with the construction paper with the pipe cleaner attached to it. Yeah. It's we, poor taste. It's oh, yeah. Yeah. Taste. yeah, yeah ugly, it was ugly it, sweaters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was one of those. It was like, yeah. So I, we did the ornament exchange one year. So, yeah, it was, it was not good. Not I can't good handle such things. All right. So. With that, I want to remind our audience that we love hearing from you. Uh, we want to wish you the happiest of holiday seasons. And Marty, where do you get that awesome swag from the podcast? sundaybrunchpodcast.org is that right yay oh hello i was listening this time um we do love hearing from you we do love it when you subscribe we do love when you write in with questions uh we we do love when you leave messages on our voicemail all of the above uh we do hope you have a safe and happy holiday season as always you must continue the struggle to eat brunch and then change the world have a happy holiday season everyone Thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you for all your support of our podcast. We wanted to take a quick moment and let you know that you can reach us via email at thesundaybrunchpod at gmail.com. That email address, again, is thesundaybrunchpod at gmail.com. You also can reach us via phone here in the United States. That is area code 970-627-7445. Again, that area code is 970-627-7445. Again, we love hearing from our listeners, so please feel free to drop us an email or drop us a voicemail. And if you want to support us, listening is great. We also really appreciate you dropping us some stars and leaving us some reviews. We really appreciate seeing all of that and supporting our podcast through uh, reviews and suggestions and sharing with your friends. Thank you so much for joining us again, and we hope that you'll join us next week.